if one of those two rules are broken, the person who has a sexual shame isn't willing to do their work and just says, I want to stay in my survival brain and I just want to keep going the way we are and sex once every six months is all you're going to get and don't ask for anything more. That's a problem that will ruin a marriage. Or the second part is the person's going, you've already had two counseling sessions. How come we're not having sex every other night? Right. What's your deal? Come on. Yeah, that, that doesn't go over real well. That'll be a problem as well. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to overcome sexual shame in your relationship. Almost. <laughs> I was going to say what, and I was like, no, that's yeah. not the right word. Yeah. Is it still recording? I started it. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, in the last one, our sex, sex, and more sex autopodcast. Autopodcast? <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, sex getting boring in marriage, and I had brought up the the piece that it's really difficult for some people to talk about, or eat, not talk, not just talk about um, sex, but to even be naked in front of their spouse. Right. And so um, you had said, let's talk about the, the shame piece for those who either grew up in a household where sex was not talked about or it was made to seem like something very shameful yeah. or even for those who may have been sexually abused. And so that has caused shame issues right. in, in their adult and in their marriagehood. Right. Marriagehood. Right. Marriagehood. New term. Yep, new term. You can, Copyrighted right here. Marriagehood. You can count on me. I'm <laughs> always be a Shannonism. I'm always good for an interesting <laughs> word here or there. What you're describing is called sexual shame. Right. And sexual shame is not usually a marriage issue. It's usually a personal issue. Because right. someone's internal world or definition about what is good and bad, especially around something so personal right. or, or vulnerable like sex, is now um, tainted in some way. And that can get tainted by parents who who were had sexual shame themselves or culturally you know you grew up in a very conservative home and so you never wore anything that exposed your knees or right. you know you were fully clothed and and you would never talk about sex in fact one of the questions i ask a lot when i hear someone in my office who's kind of had that background is how did you learn about the birds and the bees who gave you the talk and nine times out of the ten it was the talk never happened at home I learned from um, magazines. I learned in the locker room. I learned from my best friend's mother. Um, you know, where did you learn about periods? Where did you learn about uh, developmental stages of right. a woman's body? And unfortunately, some of the answers is I was never taught. And I've had to, as as a man, walk through that conversation with women in their 40s and 50s because right. they've never actually had someone explain biology about that and it answers questions for them because it's always been so shameful but when someone comes into a relationship carrying that sexual shame that is a personal issue for them um, it really can screw up the sex life in a marriage right and this isn't just uh, a female issue. This is a male issue as well. A lot of guys have a lot of shame, primarily um, coming from their dad's perspective of of sex and and their own comfort level. Uh, but 
but guys can bring this in as well into marriage um, and it can really screw up a marriage and make it really, really disappointing. Right. Because there's some other messages that come alongside this, which is, okay, now that you're married, we expect to have sex. Right. But now I'm expected to do something that freaks me out. I don't know right. what to do I don't about know what this. to do or am I going to be good enough or exactly. all sorts of things. And so there comes a mentality of I will do the bare minimum. And so that is once a month, once every six months, or I will say yes whenever he asks um, and and I will fake it. I'll pretend like I'm having fun. I won't actually be there. I'll be in a dissociative state or I'll be, you know, doing the grocery list while we're having sex. And and I'm not actually in that moment right. with my spouse. Um, it, it really becomes a toxic element in a relationship. And it makes it difficult for the person who isn't in that shameful state. It makes them start to think, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't my spouse want to be here with me. Yeah. Um, Primarily because the person who has a sexual shame usually doesn't know that they have sexual right. shame. It just feels normal for them. And they don't have the words. They can't actually talk about their feelings and what's right. going on and why they feel that way. They can't explain it to their spouse, but their spouse takes it personal. Right. Why doesn't my wife want to have sex with me anymore? I mean, we got married and this is what we were looking for. And now it never happens. I feel rejected as a husband now. And this sucks. Sure. And it's not the wife's fault. Okay. I want to be really, really clear about that. But his own insecurity in that moment oftentimes makes him go, I want to go find some sexual significance right. in other places. So pornography or that person at the office or whatever right. that is, it contributes to that. It's not causality, but it contributes, contributes to that. to their own already. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think about when we were early married mm-hmm. and I would laugh and giggle all the yeah. time when we were having sex. And that was my own coping me- yeah. mechanism for the... the um, embarrassment right. or uncomfortableness and I can remember one time you got really mad yeah. and I couldn't figure out what I'm like why is he so mad at me and you told me you're always laughing at me yeah and it had nothing I wasn't laughing at you had nothing to no. do with you it was my own way to cope with the uncomfortable feelings and situation that I was in right. even though sex and marriage is not supposed to be uncomfortable right. It, for me, it was, and um, and I just remember being so hurt yeah. that y- that you thought I was laughing at you, and that I had done something wrong, and how could, and and then how hurt you were because you thought that I was making fun of you in some way for what you were doing, and that can cause so many problems yeah. when you don't understand what's at the root of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If this is happening in your marriage, if this is something that you guys are experiencing, the number one thing that I'd want you to hear is you have to learn how to be patient with the person who is experiencing sexual shame. There's actually, it's a two-part process. Number one is the person who is experiencing the sexual shame has to address those issues personally. They have to do their work. Oftentimes that involves counseling. Sometimes that can be done just in the marriage when when you both become aware of this and this podcast might be the thing that, you know, starts connecting all the dots for you going, right. that's what's happening in our marriage. Okay. Now we know what to call it and now we know what to do with it. Right. And 
if you're having that, if you're the person with the sexual shame, you can start to say, I am so uncomfortable to talk about this, but we need to talk about this and we got to figure out a way to do this. And so you might come up with a way to start talking about all the feelings and all of the embarrassment and shame and frustration and triggers and everything that comes along with it. It requires that recognition and willingness for the person who has a sexual shame to start addressing it and working on it and changing it. Right. And, and, um, starting just even talking about it yeah. is really, really hard. But what you will find is once you start talking about it, even if you have to curl up in a ball and put a pillow in your lap and squirm and wiggle while you're talking about it, the more you talk about it, the less impact it will carry. That impact's not the right the word. The intensity. less and yes, the intensity of it will go down. And you'll go, oh, I can I can talk about this piece now. What's the next really uncomfortable yep. piece to talk about? And really, truly talking about it, as scary and as uncomfortable as that is, it really does start shifting. It it doesn't carry the weight that it did. It, yeah. It, yeah. And it lets your spouse in to your story and in it you're walking together in it instead of being your spouse on the outside looking in going i want to be there with you and you'll actually start dealing with the root issue now instead of all the symptoms of you know why can't we have more sex or why don't you want me or you know this sucks and you know i'm out of here kind of thing well it answers a lot of questions for your spouse when when you can start talking about that and it's stuff that your spouse can't guess or even know yeah and once your spouse knows I mean, they may not know what to do with it, but it's like, ah, okay, okay. that makes sense. Now I know why you giggle every time I try to, you know. You make sense. Yes, exactly. I can start to understand you. And that's one of the things from Secure Marriage is we want to build understanding in relationships. You make sense. I understand you and you actually feel understood. You don't have to be defensive. You don't have to be explaining all the time. You don't have to be alone or lonely anymore because you actually feel understood. Right. But I mentioned there's two parts. One is the person who has the sexual shame has to do their work. The second part is the person who is going to be walking through this process of redeeming this wound that your spouse has. You have got to be patient and you've got to start in the shallow end of the pool. Yep. It really is like the metaphor of of going swimming. You might be really com- comfortable going off the high dive. You might like the deep end. You might like, you can do all sorts of um, swimming strokes and you've been swimming for a while. You do somersaults in the, underneath the water. Swimming doesn't freak you out. Water is no problem. But if your spouse go is afraid of the water, then they have to start in the shallow end of the pool and they have to just put their feet in the water and kick for a while. They still need to get in the pool. Let's be really clear about it. It's their job to learn how to get into the pool. But if you expect them to go from the shallow end to jumping off the high dive, you're going to be really frustrated and you're going to be putting undue pressure and, and, and eroding trust within your spouse. Right. And And your spouse will probably not want to get into the pool at all. Not very often. Not very often. And so your job is to continue to build a safe environment for this person to explore the next deeper level. So you go from two feet to three feet to four feet. Um, They might need a a water wings and a floaty device uh, for a while. Um, 
uh, but you are going to go slowly with them. This falls under the sixth category of the secure marriage framework, which is needs. You understand the specific history and story of your spouse. And our belief in marriages is it's our honor. It's our privilege to help redeem the the painful areas in our spouse. Right. Because I'm married to you. I become a better human being because you help redeem these these broken areas and these bags of crazy I bring yeah. into the relationship and I get to help redeem your broken areas. This might be one of those areas that uh, even though you're ready to go full speed in the bedroom, the other person is still not there yet and it's going to take a while. Sex is intimate. Sex is vulnerable. That's right. why sexual abuse and and crappy sexual experiences create such strong triggers and big issues in a relationship right. because they are around one of the most vulnerable, sensitive areas of our humanity, of, right. of the way we've been created. And so we need to tread carefully in those areas with our spouse. Right. And, and something just to add to that is uh, oftentimes I think um, – when marriages first start, you know, you get married, you have your honeymoon in the first yep. few months or f- first, you know, year, maybe sex may be great. Yep. And then, and then it's not so great. Right. And it could be that the person, the, the, whichever one of you, um, has that sexual shame and, or sexual abuse or triggers yep. that, that kind of are, um, put on the back burner. I don't know how to word this exactly. Put on the back burner because just the newness of yep. the marriage and the relationship and all of that and all the dopamine and triggers sure. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so those shame pieces or that abuse may not show up right away. Very true. And that's something because I think there's people who go, well, our sex life was great. We were fine. Or even before they got married, we had yeah. our sex life was great before we got married or yeah. when we first got married. And now, well, why is this a problem now? Yeah. Because it doesn't always show up. And sometimes people aren't even aware of their own shame or abuse situations yeah. and how that affects them. Oftentimes when that happens is because they actually start to feel safe with their spouse, which now means it's safer to go to the deeper, crappier parts of your history. It's almost complimentary. It's almost like, okay, I trust you to show you these really crappy and scary things apart about my life instead of just keeping a facade and staying on the surface of this relationship, even if it's messier down there and even if it's more painful down there. Um, So you're right. That's a very common scenario that I see all the time in, in my office. And it can be fixed. It can be redeemed. The ways it gets screwed up, the way that this ends up being more problems is if one of those two rules are broken, the person who has a sexual shame isn't willing to do their work and just says, I want to stay in my survival brain and I just want to keep going the way we are. And sex once every six months is all you're going to get and don't ask for anything more. That's a problem. That will will ruin a marriage. Or the second part is the person's going, you've already had two counseling sessions. How come we're not having sex every other night? What's your deal? Come on. Yeah, that that doesn't go over real well. That'll be a problem as well. So both people in the the marriage and the relationship have a a piece of the responsibility to make this work. Right. Sex is one of the big five. So under the oneness category in the secure marriage framework, again, this framework covers every aspect of marriage. Sex is one of the big five. Sex, money, parenting, faith, and family. And if you're not on the same page around sex, um, it can... it can really ruin your marriage. And so yeah. 
again, if this is your relationship, if, if you're recognizing one of us might have sexual shame in the relationship, uh, it's time to start talking. It's time to start doing your work and it's time to start being patient um, with your spouse as they start to do their work. If again, you're going, oh, we finally have words for it. We have, we have a concept. This is what it's been called all this time and it's been driving us crazy and we haven't been able to find an answer. And finally, this random podcast that we just came across finally has an answer for us. And you're going, we need more information, please. Uh, here's our situation. You're actually welcome to contact us. My email is paul at securemarriage.com. You're welcome to ask a specific question. You can email my wife, Shannon at securemarriage.com two N's, technically three with an O in the middle, S-H-A-N-N-O-N. Anyway, you can email us. We would, we want to provide resources that actually make your marriage better. That's the whole purpose of secure marriage is to help you be able to fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse every stinking day yeah. of your relationship. That's what we want to do. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Thank you for being here and for joining us in this conversation. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.